Sup witches, Phil here. Thank you very much for joining us for our latest episode. I hope you enjoy it just as much as we enjoyed recording it. Now, before we crack on, I just want to say a big thank you to everyone who's listened to the show, everyone who's reviewed the show, chatted to us on Twitter. It really means a lot to both me, Graham and Chris. I'm just going to give a few cheeky shout-outs to those who have, uh, we've been chatting to on social media. Brett, first of all, did a great review on iTunes and Facebook for us, so thank you very much to you. Uh, Doug as well did the exact same thing on Twitter thank you very much uh, H Bebs as well had some great words to say Matt Mitchell too gave us a great review on Facebook uh, Martin Schneider Schneid Remarks he listens to the show because he says we have a super clever name you're damn right we do also fellow mega Sabrina enthusiast Amy McLean she listens to us thank you very much love and new friend of the show David Chikachi Doug the Ski Instructor, he gave us a cheeky retweet, and so did some of his fans, so that was really, really cool. Please, if you do enjoy our show, or even if you just listen to it and you kind of like it, please give us a rating and a review on iTunes. It really helps our podcast get into more people's ears. So please head over to iTunes right now, give us a review, and it will really help us out. Anyway, enjoy this latest episode. It's a cracker. Harvey and Sabrina kiss. Hello and welcome to Sabrina the Teenage Watch, the podcast where three ecstatic and elated boys review all 163 episodes of Sabrina the Teenage Witch. First of all, my name is Phil. I am your host and guide through this magical journey of all those 163 episodes, and I am joined, yes, joined, by two other men who are going to do the exact same thing. Uh, to my right is Mr. Chris Evans. Hello, Chris. Hi, Phil. How are you feeling? I'm alright, mate. How are you? I'm very, very good, pal. I've had an optimistic mystic week to be honest with you oh excellent tell us what's the most magical thing that's happened this week to you i managed to complete something that i've been working my ass off to finish oh good yeah i mean something that's 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 been worked very hard to and it's finally finished is um well in this episode we'll find out sabrina and harvey's love are you happy about the outcome of this episode chris (sighs) we are what 17 episodes in yes 17 i've been waiting for this for 17 episodes this is why i've been getting angry it's been 17 episodes. It's been 17. four months. <laughs> four, mo- four months. Mm. I've waited for this moment for four months. And it's finally come, and we'll talk about that later on. Uh, but first, we're going to introduce uh, the other man to my side, uh, the left this time, is Mr. Graham Riley. Oh, how are you? I'm fine, thank you, Phil. Uh, did you enjoy this episode as well? I did. I was very relieved and very charmed at, uh, at this episode. And again, Chris, are you relieved about the, the outcome of it? That uh... Absolutely, yes. Yeah. It, was, uh, it was a good moment. Now, the thing that we are talking about is the fact that Sabrina and Harvey finally kiss. Yes! yes. Teen romance, that's what we've been campaigning for, <sighs> for as Chris says, for, for four months. And it's finally happened. Uh, Chris has been raging for the past several weeks about the lack of a definitive romance between the two characters. And finally, we've got it. I they, don't... Are, they are boyfriend and girlfriend. It's confirmed because only boyfriends and girlfriends kiss, don't they, boys? And this that, is what's that's happened. True. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just... I, I just have to say, I don't think I got angry in this episode. You didn't. I didn't. I didn't get angry at all. No, there was, there was no steam out your ears. No. There was no sweaty brows. You no. weren't tearing your shirt off like the Hulk. You were no. very civilised and very... I think you had a grin on your face all the way through. You, A plot line had 
there, there flourished. was finally something I could get behind. Some actual genuine character yeah. development. Definitely. And also, this episode was really funny too. Yes, it was very yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, it, it, was. Was, it wasn't just a case of, oh yeah, Sabrina and Harvey the kiss and well, that's it. It's done in a really, really entertaining way, a daft way. But as I said in the last episode, it really matures Sabrina, I think. I think yeah. the decision she makes it really shows that this young girl... It's going places. Yeah. I think not just as a witch, but as a successful teenage girl. I mean, I, I mean, I can understand for the story why they've waited so long yeah. for this to happen. Well, the payoff is, is finally we're, we're, um, we're relieved, and, and it happens on Valentine's Day. It so does. if that was the plan all along, then I'm I'm sort of half okay with well, that. I mean, and it's, it aired on Valentine's Day on okay. February 14th, 1997. This episode aired, so it's it can yeah okay. Sense. It kind of makes yeah. sense. Kind of okay. makes sense. It's delightful. So as yeah, so it is Valentine's Day, and this is the episode first kiss. We don't really need to go into much about it, apart from that Sabrina and Harvey eventually kiss. However, with Sabrina being a witch, Harvey turns into a frog, and Sabrina must then uh, fight for her right to call it true love. And turn him back into young Harvey that she knows. I thought you were about to go uh, and fight for a right to party. <laughs> <laughs> well, party in the disco pa- room of love, I guess. Party in Harvey's mouth. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh dear. Well, at least that's the cleanest it could have been. So yes, yeah, so he's gone. Yeah, yeah. So this is the fight, the right to fight for a party in um, Harvey's mouth. In Harvey's mouth. Um, so yes, yeah, so let's crack on with the first kiss. Not genuinely, boys. This is the name of the episode. Let's yeah, I was going to say this. <laughs> that cer- certainly wouldn't be the first it kiss between us. <laughs> let's between face us. it. No, no, that's, that's what we do as soon as the mic's turned off after every episode. Yeah, that's so, how uh, we celebrate. Yeah. It's the only way we can really relieve ourselves. Literally. What? What? That was what? disgusting. You I didn't... took it way too far. We I were meant... having a jovial thing about how we we kiss after every episode, and you turned it like pure filth. You derailed everything like a shit signal box operator. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry to lower the tone, boys. Let's bring it up and talk about teenagers kissing. That's what we've all come for. Uh, so the episode opens up with Hilda asking Salem to smell. <laughs> Just I've seen it as well. <laughs> Obviously. This is, I've just written the notes. The episode opens up with Hilda asking Salem to smell out Zelda's box of chocolates. However, because the way it's uh, it's displayed on the tablet, it just says this episode opens up with Hilda asking Salem to smell out Zelda's box. Oh, man. Only... <laughs> God, only we're finding this funny. No, he's not smelling Zelda's box. It's Zelda's box of chocolates. Because it's Valentine's Day. <laughs> <'Cause>, uh... <laughs> Um, but failing because he isn't a dog. He keeps oh. smelling out different ones and says, oh no, you said this was um, caramel and it's coffee and things like that. So he's, he's, he's been a crap sniffer. Uh, Sabrina comes downstairs. <laughs> Sabrina comes downstairs as she doesn't know what to write on Harvey's Valentine's card. So far, all she has is... Dear Harvey, it's at least a start. While this is going on, Hilda keeps poking out all the horrible chocolates that were gifted to Zelda from the mailman. Who's Dirk? I th- yeah, Dirk. Dirk. I think yeah. it's been mentioned that the mailman has a thing for her before. I mean, yeah, a few yeah. episodes, yeah. yeah. But yeah, well, he's, he's now called Dirk. Dirk the mailman. I mean, Zelda's... Welcome to the episode, Chris. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm back. I, I was saying that Zelda's fit, so yeah, that makes sense. Yes, it does, yes. That's it. Um, so Zelda uses a spell on the box to remove the manky ones, ending the traumatising morning. Or the... The spell really is chocolate dancing around on some string. Some really yeah. sort of uh, puppeteers, I guess. Yeah, so somebody must have, like, yeah, sort of had a, um, you know, bigger sort of multi-string, like, you know, puppeteering stick. I don't know what the technical <laughs> name for it is. But instead of the limbs of a puppet, just a bit of 
Bit of chocolate on each of them. Um, so we cut to the theme tune, and boys, we, I think we stood up, cheered, clapped, cried. We did multiple things because Sabrina dresses as a Valentine's angel. Finally, boys, fucking relevance to the episode it's about. And she's holding a baby, which is supposed to be Cupid. Yes. And Yeah, it would have been funnier if she was holding like a, a, a dwarf with wings. That yeah. would have that well, I, that's, yeah, that, yeah, that that's, would have been funnier. That's that's T V sitcom passable offence in a way. Like it's just yeah. it's just yeah. how they're sort of normally depicted on TV. But yeah, I mean she says like, Oh, watch out for Cupid's arrow, happy Valentine. So she addresses us and it's at the right time, finally. Isn't it funny how they didn't bother doing that for Christmas? Or Halloween. Or Halloween. Or, or did, Thanksgiving. Or Thanksgiving, and did for Valentine's Day. It's very odd. Fucking weird, isn't yeah. it? But yeah, finally she's dressed as a, a Valentine's angel, which is great. So we are already ecstatic about talking about this episode. So, uh, we're in school and Sabrina and Harvey are exchanging Valentine's cards. Sabrina's card being massive and Harvey's being uh, cute. Cute being tiny. Yes. Because all he could fit on it was Happy Val Day Sab. But the reason for that is because he was he'd made it himself just out of some red card and he was trying to cut it into a perfect symmetrical heart shape. Yeah. And by the time he got the shape he desired, he only had enough space to write Happy Val Day Sab. Yes. Because uh, he says he loves it. He, he's obsessed with um, symmetry. Yes. And he comments on that uh, Sabrina's face is she's got a really pretty um, symmetrical face. Which well. actually uh, goes down to uh, a genuine uh, law that oh, people yeah. have got in uh, in levels of attractiveness. And the more symmetrical your face is, the more attractive that you are. On the counterpoint of that, Stanley Kubrick made sure that shots in The Shining of when we're following um, Danny through the hotel corridors on his tricycle, he ensured to make those shots as symmetrical as possible because it makes the audience feel uneasy. It does, because it's so unnatural. It's for, You can tell it's yeah, yeah, forced yeah. and it makes you feel uneasy, doesn't it? Yeah. And at the end of it, twin girls. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so well, it, it's, uh, it, it's an odd one. It can both be a positive and a negative, which is why whenever I see anyone with a symmetrical face, I run the other way because I think of The Shining. <laughs> <laughs> but we are not scared of Sabrina's face. I think no, it's, no, it's no, delightfully no. symmetrical. Uh, but yeah, so he prints out this this little uh, card and he says it did used to uh, be as, as big as Sabrina's. However, his obsession with getting it perfect, which is sweet, um, unfortunately caused it to get smaller and smaller. Um, but that shows the time and the effort that Harvey is willing to put in to make sure everything is perfect. It's the perfect Valentine's Day for Sab. Yeah, he doesn't. Does. Or is, Perfect is Valde for Sab. Happy Valde Sab. So uh, he says, I love symmetry. Everything looks better. Symmetrical like your face. Which is both creepy and sweet. Yeah. yeah. If it came from anybody other than Harvey, it might be creepy. If yeah. It came, yeah, if it came from... I like the symmetry of your face. If it came from, like, Doug the Ski Instructor from the last episode, yeah, that yeah. would be... Even if it came from Warren. Yeah. yeah. It sounds like something jo- Magic Joel has said if he cut Sabrina's head off and held it. I love the symmetry of your face. Yeah, it's yeah, definitely that, magic that, that works better, yeah. They almost kiss, but the school bell goes, and Sabrina runs off. Um, Harvey walks Sabrina home, and then they go to the living room, hinting that he wants to continue their kiss, because she says, oh, how about we continue where we left off? She says, do you want to just hang here for a bit? You came all this way, even though it's just from the, the, the door to the living room, which is one of those sort of... Sweet little yeah. nudge. Do you want to no, come in? Yeah. yeah, come in, chill. I'll just check where my ants are. Yeah. Um, so Sabrina goes to check if Hilda and Zelda are around, but instead finds Salem using the computer. With a pencil. With a pencil. 
finally, I have had the answer again of something that I've been waiting 17 episodes to find. I mean, it's- The way Salem uses the the hands-free phone, we still don't know about the kitchen phone, the hands-free phone and the laptop is that he uses a pencil which he puts in his mouth to press the buttons. I felt so much better. Yeah, it's good. I mean, we've seen we've seen Zelda's um, laptop quite quite a bit. It's a very very chunky piece of kit. I think CSI probably still do it. Every little gadget and machine makes noises to show that it's being used. Yeah. However, someone wouldn't stand pretending to type at a computer that wasn't on. No. <laughs> also, it must take Salem a very long time to type things. <laughs> yeah. One year to time. What would he type? What would he be writing if he knows how long it's going to take just with a pencil? What do you think he's doing? He might have created shortcuts, you know, like Stephen Hawking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He might have been able to do something like that. I mean, he he did try and take over the world. I'm pretty sure he'd he be able to. Them. Yeah, yeah. But I'm pretty sure someone who attempted to take over the world would be able to create shortcuts on a laptop of yeah. of words and whatnot. I like to think he's writing a novel or his memoirs. I, I can't remember if it's this episode or the episode before. He says that he's, he was an English major. Is yeah. something about oh, num- yeah. numbers aren't numbers, his thing? Numbers, uh, 50-50. Yes, yes, yes. later on one. in this episode he says, um, he says, yeah, numbers aren't my thing. I got an English major. So yeah. maybe, yeah, he's, he's writing. I, I personally like to think that he's on the chat rooms. Cat rooms. Oh. Fucking hell, Phil. Um, so, yeah, so he's using his computer with a pencil pretending to be... Uh, oh, no, he is. He's, I forgot, I've written it. He's pretending to be a woman on a chat room. Holy shit. Is he, he is, the first yeah. ever catfish? I've, I've written it. He's a... <laughs> <laughs> What a bastard. Oh my god. Valentine's Day 1997, and Salem is the first ever known case of catfishing. (laughs) And maybe that's why it gets its name? Yeah. Yeah. What a dick. So, uh, yeah, so that's how he's spending his Valentine's and how someone, you know, impressively is spending theirs. Yeah. Talking to Kat. So, in the kitchen, Sabrina magics up some canapes for for her and Harvey to eat. Harvey goes to pick Salem up so they can do cat things, uh, but Sabrina says he should stay out of the living room and mind his own business. Like I've got nothing better to do than to spy on her, he says. Oh, wait, I don't. And he's there on the stairs, turning his head, going... I love just the noises Nick Bakai makes. Let me get another great one in there in just a second. Yeah. So. so Salem from the Stairs is spying on the two lovebirds who are flicking through some magazine of celebrities. Anyway, their sort of hands brush against each other and literal sparks fly uh, between Sabrina and Harvey. Uh-oh, Salem says. Sparks are flying. Hmm, literal sparks. It's quite clever, boys, isn't it? Well, you know, as it's referenced later on, they had to get it from somewhere. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. So yeah. The sparks are flying because their hands are brushed against each other because, of, I mean, they've held hands or touched hands before, but this is a... This is getting this, to a to an intense I'm, moment as yeah. Harvey is... They've already tried to kiss, yeah. if that makes sense. So it is their uh, uh, own uh, internal physicalization yeah. of that pent up emotion yes so there um, so these sparks fly and they're like oh and Harvey shits himself like oh, what the <laughs> what hell is the he, that it's like they didn't tell him that was going to happen yeah. like, his reaction is what the fuck is that something's broken so yeah he uh, nearly electrocutes himself and uh, yeah Salem tells us you know talking to himself but he, he tells us that oh my god sparks flying this is a bad thing so Sabrina and Harvey say oh we don't want to read this book anymore what should we do now and Harvey goes um, we could kiss Sabrina thinks about it for a second and goes, okay. It's, it's one of those moments where internally there was a choir of angels singing in my mind. Oh, I can put that in, Chris, if you want. Yes, please. For me, personally, it was like a choir of angels 
were in my mind. The final moment. Finally, we're going to get a kiss of Harvey and Sabrina. We will have a defined relationship. Lovely, that wasn't it? Delightful. You just slide them in. I'll yeah. them now. Thanks, guys. Cheers, bye. Cheers. Thank you. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so they're just about to kiss. They lean in very closely, almost across, and then suddenly we hear a no! <laughs> <laughs> like half meow, half no. <laughs> and Salem jumps in, and this literal cat jumps over the uh, the couch and's like, oh my god, what's going on? What's wrong with your cat? Uh, Sabrina scoops Salem up, and this cat does <laughs> not fucking want to be picking up. Putting up a hell of a struggle. No, hell of a struggle. It, the, the tail is poofed up, every hair is on end, the cat is livid. But and his limbs are just flailing. It's, it's almost as if. Someone from behind the sofa threw the cat onto the sofa, <laughs> yeah. and this cat has no idea what's happening and has just been scooped up by Sabrina and is fighting tooth and nail to escape. Yeah. It's almost as if that, I dare say, it is literally that. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, yeah, it's, so this cat is really, I mean, it kind of works in play because Salem is really distressed saying, oh, d- this can't happen. So it kind of works that maybe Salem is playing this rowdy cat say like or to kill this tension between them but it's it's very handy that the cat was incredibly distressed and, yeah. and uh, did not want her to be part of that scene so she scoops him up and goes oh my god um I'll, I'll i'll see him in the kitchen it's fine you stay here she scoops salem up and takes him to the kitchen and she wants to know why he was being a creep why he was watching her and he said didn't your aunts warn you you can't kiss harvey just watch me wait that's just a figure of speech. Good joke. Yeah, Clever joke. joke. Yeah. Um, Salem says it's best not to hear it from the cat, but she can't kiss Harvey. The sparks were a warning. Mm. Mm. Um, Salem, are you being sincere, she says. And he goes, yes. And it pains me to be. Classic. Classic. Vintage Salem. There's, there's a lot of Salem in this episode. Wait, I think he's really a character where there are many episodes where he barely features. Yeah. So, like, he is sort of a... A bit like Mr. Poole, um, except Mr. Poole you see even less of. Um, you know, a pleasure that we're denied a lot of the time. Um, so, yeah, when we get to really sort of, you know, focus on Salem, get a lot of lines from Salem, it's something that I really, really enjoy. Yeah. yeah. Sabrina agrees to not kiss Harvey and ends up rushing Harvey out, saying that Salem needs an emergency operation. You missed a bit. It was like this moment of awesomeness. The canopies that had been brought through... Uh, as Sabrina's entering in the background, Harvey is um, is spitting one out. Oh, is it? I didn't notice that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's clearly, obviously, witches can't uh, magic up name brands. So yeah. this these canapes must be fucking awful. Oh, it's just like he doesn't want to be rude and eat them all. And he's like, oh, so just like, no, 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 no. It was, uh, this is disgusting. Because yeah. he uh, spits it out into a napkin. So, he, so Sabrina says to Harvey that Salem needs an emergency operation. And he goes, can I help? Harvey asks, you know, trying to be helpful, and she goes, no, we're going to use a certified vet, she says. <laughs> <laughs> um, she throws him out, miffed that she can't kiss her boyfriend, alleged boyfriend. Meanwhile, Hilda and Zelda return from a museum trip, with Hilda laughing at the fact they're selling postcards of Zelda nude. Yes, please. <laughs> yes, please. She needs to see the film she was in. Because that brings up a gag that there's some art displays um, of a famous painting that just happens that they've written that Zelda is one of these models Models. from 400 years ago or something naked Um, so she says yeah it's art at least that's what the the man in the raincoat told me yeah (laughs) it's a masterpiece is what the man in the raincoat told her (laughs) what a dirty man Uh, so in storms Sabrina who demands to know why she can't kiss Harvey Hilda and Zelda give her the talk when a witch kisses a mortal for the first time that mortal turns into a frog 
Which is a crazy-ass rule. It is, isn't it? Well, we've learned that witches have these crazy rules to kind of keep their magic under wraps, but also to make their relationship with mortals really difficult. Like, like the witching realm has to be inbred, in a way. Like, just, yeah. just witches and witches. Things like Ball of Wax... Yes, yeah. as we've, we've heard earlier. And now turn into frogs. Mortals get treated like absolute shit by witches. <laughs> nay, 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 nay. You're missing a very valid point here, oh, chaps. Chris, please, are you going to bring it? Yeah. I'm, I, oh, I'm bringing it. <laughs> her father is a witch. Correct. Yeah. yeah. Her mother is a mortal. Correct. Yes. Mm-hmm. His father and mother would have had to have gone through the same... Yes. Yes. Probably. That's true. Which means, from later on in the episode, we know that his her father would have had to do the same thing, which means they were true lovers. You couldn't be promiscuous with mortals as a witch, could you? Mm. It'd, be, it'd be more trouble than it's worth. Yeah. yeah. Which is probably their way of trying to keep the bloodlines clean. Yeah, well, exactly. It's, it's, we've, you know, we've learned that you know, the witches, as I said before, it, it seems like a very inbred community. It's just witches should just... Yeah, just mate, uh, reproduce with with witches and things. Yeah, it's... I mean that's what they do on Game of Thrones, House Lannister and House Targaryen. They usually shacked up with cousins or sisters. Mm. So yeah, it's to keep the uh, their 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 just one hundred percent their blood. Isn't yeah, it? exactly. Yeah, then we go making a link between Sabrina and Game of Thrones. There, well, Sabrina says, "Really, that sounds like it's from a nursery rhyme." And Zelda says, "Well, they had to get the idea from somewhere. Fairy tales and stories and famous." points have all been taken from the real wizard uh, yeah it was the, the the mirror episode uh, Alice through the looking glass it's, everything was backwards C.S. Lewis might have travelled to this mirror world and saw that everything was backwards couldn't make heads or tail of it and uh, end up writing Alice in Wonderland yeah very well big or he could have taken a lot of acid <laughs> yes there, there is oh that. the second one the yes, second one definitely that. Lewis Carroll C.S. Lewis Lewis Carroll yeah you're yeah. right yeah sorry guys <clears throat> Sabrina upset runs upstairs and Hilda chases after her it's not so bad. I went through all of high school without kissing anyone. But somehow, we all doubt that. Well, I don't know. Maybe she went through high school without kissing anybody, but I doubt she went through high school without killing anybody. <laughs> yeah, she definitely, she definitely killed somebody. Did she even go through high school? What was the high school system for, like, 600 years ago? Hmm. Did she go to mortal school? Well, there's always been some sort of education system in place. Not necessarily what we know yeah, as today's not, high school. Yeah, but not, 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 not really for women. That's yeah. true. Yeah, or well, maybe the witches, maybe the witching world. We don't understand. Maybe they accept all, yeah. apart from mortals, obviously. Obviously, later on, Hilda and Zelda tell Sabrina that they've done some research, and because she is half mortal, there's actually only a fifty percent chance that Harvey will turn into a frog. Half good news, half bad news. But they give her a coin, and she's just going to flip it as many times as she wants um, to see what the odds are, really. And miraculously enough, guys, I think we could have all guessed. It's fifty-fifty. She keeps. Keeps doing the coin, but she's reluctant. She's she's determined to defy the odds. Anyway, Harvey arrives at the door um, and to take uh, Sabrina on a date to the movies that they arranged the day before. Sabrina goes to check with Zelda if it's alright to go. Zelda tells her that she shouldn't kiss Harvey and needs to be very careful. Sabrina reluctantly goes with it and heads to the movie with her old buddy old pal, as she calls Harvey. In the car, Harvey tells Sabrina how pretty she looks and goes in for a kiss. But Sabrina panics, shouts in his face, and heads to the movies to see Vindicator 3. We all remember Vindicator 3, I, 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 I do. I, I preferred Vindicator 2. I mean, you know, I, I thought there was some very strange uh, casting choices uh, for Vindicator 3. Obviously, you know, with um, 
Bruce Willis pulling out after the second one. I yeah. didn't think that Nigel Havers was a suitable replacement. No, you, you see, you for me, it was Vin- Vindicator. Just the Vindicator, the first yeah. one. Straight up, best one out of all of them. It was, yeah. it was, it was. There, was, there was 153 explosions throughout the entire thing. Oh, that, yeah. I mean, that was just in the first scene alone. And it, yeah. it was good to hear Angela Lansbury drop the f bomb. I, I, I never, <laughs> yeah. never thought I'd see yeah, that. Yeah, so, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Totally. Yeah, bit vindicated. Look, look it up. You won't be disappointed. So yeah, in the movie theater, Sabrina isn't paying attention to the movie because she's flipping her coin, not a euphemism, uh, to see if she can bend the rules of probability. Harvey once again compliments how our beautiful teenage witch and goes in for a kiss. But Sabrina panics again and makes his popcorn bucket explode. Again, I mean, not, not a euphemism. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he is one persistent young lad. He is, he but is, he's yeah. sweet. He's doing, he is. He, yeah. He's not just he like Doug in the last episode, just I want to hold your hand and kiss you. He's, he's telling Sabrina constantly how pretty she looks. And tonight. he's being sincere. He's not just sort of yeah. trying to flatter her to get some. Like, but yeah. he's, he's built up this confidence to be able to do that, which is awesome. Yeah. Just because Sabrina is not receptive to it for reasons that she can't explain yeah. to him. So he... can't say, I can't kiss you because you'll turn into a frog. Yeah. You know, it's... Yeah. It's uh, you know it's a shame, but uh, after the movie, Harvey asks Sabrina what the best part of the movie was, and she thinks it was a Lou Reed song at the end. Um, and we also noticed when they said that is they were in a cafe called the Evil Bean, which is how Vesta refers to uh, coffee in uh, the Pleasure episode. So yeah, a nice bit of clever super fan super nerd yeah. uh, continuity there. So that was fun. The best part of the film was watching it with her. Oh, uh, he says again how pretty she looks and goes for a kiss while Sabrina puts a muffin in her mouth again. Not, <laughs> not, not a euphemism. euphemism. Uh, oh, I see what you did there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's quite funny. Yeah. Uh, so back in the car, Sabrina tries to leave as quickly as possible, but Harvey wants to ask her something. He says, "Yesterday, I got the feeling that you wanted to kiss me, and today, I feel like you don't." Sabina tries to persuade him that perhaps being friends is best for the both of them. And they both have this really devastated look on their faces that Harvey, it's not what he wants and it's not what Sabrina wants. And she's just, she's trying to save him the hassle of, well, living his life as a frog, I guess. (laughs) So yeah, they're both devastated and he goes, man, I just really wanted to kiss you. And with that, Sabrina can't fight her urges anymore and pulls him in for an absolute smacker. Woman kid. empowerment, right there. Yeah, she. Yeah, she goes about this like, scuff of the neck, doesn't she? Yeah, yeah. Dr- come here, you big come here, stood. And then we go, we get the kiss, and <gasps> you're still here. She cheers, and he goes, "I'll always be here for you." So, <laughs> and just turns into a frog with such beauty, such particularly transformations which obviously are going to occur a lot in a, um, a show about witches they've just nailed so well and even here in in you know a, a small like confined like you know setting of Harvey's car you know they, yeah they've just managed to have Nate Richard decrease in size <laughs> and transform into a frog simultaneously just seamlessly and, and it's not like he shrinks and then it's just a frog in the seat, he shrinks into a frog that's in mid-air, yeah. and then the frog falls. It's it's like a he like melds into yeah. it. Yeah, we we've said this before with a lot of these effects. Like they kind of go the extra mile. It's like they make some of these effects more difficult for themselves to make them look yeah. better. They could have easily um, just made him shrink in size, and there was a frog in the seat. Um, they could have easily with Rudy Kazuti. Um, they could have easily just the camera panned away, and there was just. A baby, and then suddenly a man's in the bed. But yeah. no, they've gone the extra mile to actually yep. do these amazing transformations. So uh, yeah, shit, he's a frog boy. Sorry. Favorite gag in the show so far for me, anyway, was uh, Sabrina runs into the living room uh, with Harvey, asking for help. 
What's the matter? I turned Harvey into a frog. No. And you're not happy with that music, Ann Hilda? Sorry. Again, very Simpsons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she's running around terrified that she wants Harvey to turn back into normal. All the while, again, she's playing this uh, horror movie soundtrack. Hilda and Zelda tell Sabrina that there is still hope for Harvey yet, but she has to take and pass the true love test. If the kiss was performed under true love, then Harvey will change back into a person. If it wasn't, then Sabrina will turn into a frog. Kind of think Sabrina the Teenage Frog would have made a better show. <laughs> <laughs> well, we yeah. all agree it would have been a totally magical show. <sighs> Sorry. Don't apologise for puns. They're meant to be bad. Yeah, okay. Okay, yeah. was that yeah. 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 That's the whole point. <laughs> that, that's like your running joke, is your puns in our size. Convinced that she will pass the test, Sabrina says that she's going to take it. Hilda and Zelda take their niece to the National Institute of Love uh, for the true love test, which happens to be performed by Drell. Funny how we should see each other today, Hilda says. Today is the 94th anniversary of our 32nd breakup. Wow. So they broke up on Valentine's Day. That yeah. is a cruel joke right yeah. there. Though, to be honest, they've been together and back together so many times. The law of averages, they were going to break up on Valentine's Day. <laughs> and every other day of the yeah. year at yeah. some point. True. Um, so in walks a hunky pendulette in his best Hugh Hefner silk gown, uh, who tells Sabrina that the test will be horrifying and she should be scared. You missed another magical moment. Oh. When they when they step... Th- they oh, come into the trellis. Like the, the magical yeah. trellis. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they come in... And then they step through the trellis and they get an outfit change to match the uh, colour scheme in, uh, yeah, in the, the National exact, Institute of Love. It's the exact outfit they're wearing, just it turns into pink. And mm. reds and things of that nature. Yeah, and Beth Broderick scheme. is just stunning as always. She's a beautiful woman, isn't she? Mm-hmm. Well, they all are a beautiful cast. Even Pendulette, beautiful man. Pendulette's a very beautiful man. His yeah. hair, hair, especially. Well, you, you were giggling like a girl in this particular scene because he's... Cause, well, it's because Pendulette is acting like a love-stricken... Schoolgirl, and he's flicking yeah. his hair. He notices Hilda, and he's flicking his hair, and he's loving in his eyes, and he's, he's just prancing gaily around. <laughs> yeah. Just, yeah, just, just this, this massive man. He's, <laughs> he's huge. He's this massive man acting. I mean, we saw a few episodes ago. I think the last time it was we saw him actually. He was bench pressing, and yeah. now yeah, he's just skipping round and being yeah. really girly. It's so uh, Pendulette is in here, sort of uh, skipping round and sort of mystified by love, which is funny because even though he is this. Harsh, um, you know, doesn't give any shits and won't let uh, mortals live peacefully. You know, he is he's a terrorizer, really, in, in the witch's counter. But he seems to enjoy love. It seems. Well, he sort of. I don't know. It's sort of. I mean, he's clearly trying it on with Hilda for whatever reason. But um, through gritted teeth, does he sort of say sort of the truisms about love, which um, sort of these tests prove? Yeah, he, he actually. I mean, I guess his his, uh, his opinion on love is very professional, isn't it? Yeah. It's very just. Mm. You know, this is love. Uh, anyway, they he, make me say that. He says after uh, <laughs> after one. Yeah, 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 yeah. So speaking of professionalism, he asks Sabrina to sign a release form because the witches' council are not responsible, boys, for the loss of any hair, mm-hmm. dignity, yeah. or personal items. That's fine. Suddenly, there's a scream. <laughs> What's that? Sabrina asks. Mm, you've just signed your life away, Drell says. Cracking well, joke. Very Crack good. Joke. Very good. Pants. <laughs> yeah. So Sabrina is told she must follow her heart and head through a set of doors, with door number one naturally being in the form of a 60s game show, the True Love Game. Hosted by an actual 60s game show host. Indeed, and who is this actual 60s game show host? His name is Peter Marshall. He presented what is essentially the American version of Blankety Blank, isn't it really? Hollywood kind Square? Of, yeah. Yeah. 
Chef, yeah. Uh, but you presented that for an incredible uh, 14 years, wow. over 1,000 episodes, I believe. Yeah, like 1,300 episodes you did. Yeah, between 1966, hence the 60s stuff here, and 1980. Yeah, I mean, of course, Peter Marshall is a big name in, in the American game show. He's done various things. He's, I think he's hosted things like the you know Miss World competition. Like, yeah. You know, but he's mainly known for yeah uh, presenting um, yeah Hollywood Squares, which is good. So it's good that they've got, again, he's a big name, not necessarily for the past, at this point, 17 years or so. But I think still. this is, again, you know, sort of having sort of like a, a writing staff and producing staff who grew up in the 60s, 70s, 80s, sort of wanted yeah. to get sort of people they uh, grew up watching or listening to in the case of the Violent Femmes uh, yeah. on the show. So much like Blind Date, Sabrina is presented with three different Harveys, and it's up to her to identify which one is her Harvey. The first Harvey uh, is a little nervous, Harvey 2 is more confident, and Harvey 3 is the perfect combination of the two. After a few questions, getting her nowhere, uh, Harvey number three, what is Harvey number one's best features? Sideburns. Sideburns, obviously, as we established uh, weeks ago we found out that. So the final question is Harvey's. What's your favourite triangle? Harvey number one says obtuse, but he doesn't know why. Harvey number two says scalene. And Harvey whoa, number three... Whoa, I've just realised a very clever joke. Obtuse means sort of like... Yeah, be, if you're being obtuse, you're being... Oh, just like in Shawshank Redemption. Yeah, yeah, like, like yeah. Uh, deliberately vague and things. So yeah. obtuse, I don't know why. Ah. Ah. Hindsight is a powerful thing. Uh, Harvey number two says scalene. And Harvey number three says equilateral because he loves how it's symmetrical. And instantly, that's my Harvey, that's my Harvey, Sabrina jumps up and down and shouts and that she's identified her Harveys out of a possible three. Congratulations, love, you've passed test number one. Jarrell says that that test was all about friendship, boys, that true love can't exist without it. And that is true. It's very, very true. You've got to be friends with the ones you love. And he hated saying it. (laughs) He did, but he admits it because he's professional. Uh, Sabrina heads to door number two, and Drell informs Hilda that he's finally moved out of his parents' basement. (laughs) Hilda says that she should check it out sometime. Oh, that would be great, he says. Especially if you brought some furniture. Oh, Drell. (laughs) Right, okay. It it makes... No, it may... He, they make reference that Drell is the most powerful man in the universe. All right, he's just left his parents' basement. Fair enough, that is fine. I get that, but he hasn't a either got enough money as the most powerful man in the universe, or b is too lazy to magic up some furniture. That he has no furniture in his new place. I'm sorry, but as the most, if I was the most powerful man in the universe, I I would have like a gold-plated fountain in the in the lobby of my mansion. Mm. You see what I'm saying? You see what I'm saying? It's probably not that he literally doesn't have furniture. It's probably just a joke. Yeah. It's, it's just a I've moved house joke. I think that's all it is. <laughs> but he's, I'm it, sure he actually has furniture. It is funny how, like, you know, this the, the most feared man in the witching world um, up until recently lived with his parents. Yep. It's, it's funny. It's an interesting sort of... I mean, I, I don't know whether we'll see any... Uh, vulnerable size to Drell, I doubt it. But I if we do, it'd be, it'd be nice. I want to be his parents. I'd imagine his parents were giants. Well, yeah. can I, would be like sort of typical um, movies or TV shows around this time where his parents are played by him and they're just a more female version of I him do want to see and a more manly in, version of him. I do want to see Pendulette in drag. So I, <laughs> yeah, so. I do as well. That would mean, yeah. So um, hopefully that comes in an episode uh, in the future. In door number two, Sabrina finds herself on a sun lounger. Suddenly, a really ugly but ripped man named Zack climbs out of the pool in his tight red trunks and sits next to Sabrina, flexing his muscles. It was just, The muscles were just... It was too much. It was just... 
It was, it was a 90s body, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. It was real sort of like leathery sort of like just gross muscles. Like, yeah. I and mean, I, mean, I don't know what it was about then. I think it was just the way people tanned or what, but it was just something about 90s muscular bodies. That 90s bodybuilding yeah, bodies. Yeah, 90s bodybuilding yeah. bodies yeah. that are just gross in a way that somehow modern like muscular bodies don't tend to be. Yeah, I mean, you know, obviously we can relate, obviously we've been wrestling fans, obviously they, no surprise, they wrestle topless, but it, it's a very sort of 90s wrestling yeah. figure. That's right, yeah, does. you could imagine doing WCW or something. Yeah. But no, he wasn't in WCW, this man. He was in something much um, seedier and possibly more successful. Yeah, something even seedier than wrestling. First of all, it's worth pointing out the gentleman's name is Paul Michael Robinson, so yet another three-named 90s heartthrob. Yes. But in this, it's not just hearts that are throbbing in what he's in. Oh, no. Um, and <laughs> um, and we were going to write him off, just had, had a quick look at his, uh, his, um, his resume, and yeah. his, so that he'd not, he'd not really done too much. But then we looked into um, what he did in the 90s, what he did before Sabrina came along. And um, he is best known for starring in numerous uh, Cinemax um, series. Cinemax being a channel which I think would like to describe itself as specialising in um, erotic drama, what most people would call soft porn. There are two series that he uh, appeared in multiple um, editions of as as the male lead. Um, The Emmanuel series, where he played Captain Haffron, Yes. And the uh, Justine series as well. Um, my uh, colleagues here uh, have some uh, plot summaries from uh, a few of these uh, features that Mr. Robinson um, strutted his stuff in. Uh, Phil, would you like to go first? Yes, well, I'll cover the Emmanuel series, which had um, wrapped up uh, a couple of years just before the starring role in 1997. Uh, Emmanuel follows a sex teacher, I guess, good Emmanuel, who travels around the galaxy educating aliens uh, about sex. Captain Hafron Williams, played by uh, Mr. Paul Michael Robinson, he was a space captain and he regularly collided with her and, yeah, he, he learns the secrets of sex from around the galaxy from Emmanuel, who is... I think she's, you know, probably have good ratings off, uh, uh, off Stead. Maybe she's got a good sexual school. Chris, what about you? about uh, Yora? Yeah, so uh, the other franchise that he was involved in was uh, called uh, Justine. Um, now, the first one of this uh, of this tra- franchise was uh, Justine, a private affair. Now, from what I gather, is it follows Justine and uh, her college professor, and each of them have something to do with the the Eye of God. So it's almost like a uh, sexy soft porn version of Indiana Jones. Yeah, as the franchise went on he played uh, numerous roles uh, in total three uh, different roles throughout diff- uh, throughout them all so he played Alan Pope later on Excellent. and uh, uh, a man called Sol but his first character that he played uh, was called Klaus Heinemann <laughs> okay yeah and um and just so you, you get a full image of what these films are about, I'll give you a short synopsis. That is on IMDb. Oh, please. Now, this one is Justine Exotic Liaisons. Ooh. <clears throat> a young girl dreams of various erotic liaisons. Can you read it as a trailer voice? Oh, yeah, yeah, I can do that. <clears throat> a young girl dreams of various erotic liaisons. She is kidnapped and made to strip naked, detects dodgy goings-on, an express train, and strips naked, goes to New Orleans, 
and strips naked. And yeah, that, that's pretty much the uh, the entire plot of I mean, exotic liaisons. I mean, uh, Justine seems to have more um, more plots than mine. Like, I didn't read any of the manuals because they are just she travels, she meets more spacemen, and has sex with them. Yeah, but kidnapped, naked on a train, naked New Orleans, naked isn't really plotting. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just sort of just telling the audience that yeah, we're going to be moving uh, moving sets around. Is it fair to say, boys? Just because these, I mean, the you don't really get sort of. This kind of softcore porn. I, I, would, I would definitely say that that qualifies as this week's, along with just Paul Michael Robinson's gross body, <laughs> yeah. qualifies as this week's That's, That's so, so 90s. 90s. So, what's so 90s about it is just that, again, you don't really get this kind of softcore porn anymore the way that it's, they try and weave stories around it and, and um, yeah, it's just an excuse to have sex with someone, but oh no, the, the stodgy goings on on an, an express train somewhere and, um, it's a very of the 90s thing, this kind of straight-to-video adventure porn. Yeah. Well, yeah, but you've got to bear in mind, Phil, that the way that the internet progressed and the way that porn's progressed, you now got it on... You can just bring it up and you don't have to... Woo. Yeah. <laughs> and you don't have to go to the adult section of Blockbuster yeah. to get... A... That's so 90s. Nice, <laughs> yes. Uh, to, to, to look at the porn. Or the top uh, shelf of a news agent. Yeah, yeah. exactly. You, you don't have to do it. You know, my, the first porn mug that I found, I found in a bush. Yeah. It's just <laughs> the way that... <laughs> hey! Uh, but that's just the way that the world was. And now it's just... It's at the end of your fingertips, so there is no... Hey! <laughs> so there is... There's no call to, you know, have to... Have to watch any softcore porn. You can just go for the hard stuff. Hey! <laughs> um, yeah, that's, that's true. And also... Yeah, just people with these just gross, like, slightly melted Ken doll bodies being, like, yeah. portrayed yeah. as hunks. It's very empty. Yeah, it's very much yeah. so. Yeah, the floppy the floppy hair and the, yeah. the horrible, yeah, as we say, sort of greasy 90s wrestler body. It's, yeah. yeah, it's very gross. Whilst we're on the subject of porn, it was just something I just wanted to quickly bring up. It's something that, ever since I, I, I saw it, it, it just made me laugh. One time, we were, me and Chris, went to... Where's this going, mate? We went to a sort of a dirty sex shop, didn't we, to buy a... We bought a blow-up sex doll for a friend of ours. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, 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 yeah. We've got a date with Destiny, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there was a whole bunch of us that went to that. Yeah, yeah. And um, I remember... Oh, your friend Dill Peen. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, and on the top shelf, there was this brand new uh, porn film. Um, and it was... Uh, it says, now includes 3D glasses. And it's an image that's always struck me. There's nothing more depressing than being caught wanking in the living room <laughs> with a pair of red and blue 3D glasses <laughs> and it's an image which has stuck with me for years just thinking that would be so tragic <laughs> like imagine if you guys had rocked up, rocked up to my house Unin- like uninvited, unannounced. I didn't lock the door. You walked in, and there's just me naked, tugging into a sock with a pair of those fold-away 3D glasses. It really comes to you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like, that is fucking depressing. It's awful, is. isn't it? Like, but God, like, oh. But not only that, it's it'd be like if the was coming straight at you. You'd be like, whoa, whoa, fuck it out. It's going back to what we were talking about. 
Yes, um, Soft Core Porn, uh, starring 90s men. Is that so 90s? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, yes, yeah, so Zach, which is this hunk that's climbed out the pool, he's hitting on Sabrina and he tells her that she looks like a blonde Audrey Hepburn. Get in! Zach tries to beckon Sabrina over with a big slice of chocolate cake, telling her how pretty she looks. <gasps> Wait! You're trying to make me forget about Harvey, aren't you? I can't eat chocolate cake whilst Harvey's in trouble. Ding, ding, ding! She passed the test. Hey! Uh, she passed the test of fidelity. Drell tells her to hold her horses before heading into the next room, as it's very dangerous. And she needs to read a pamphlet first, called So You're Gonna Be a Frog. <laughs> <laughs> Straight to the point. Yeah. Like it. Uh, Hilda and Drell talk about their old romance, curious as to whether their old flame is still burning. Literally, as Drell has a box with it in. And it is still very much alight. Yeah. He says no one bought it at the garage sale, he says. Yeah. Funny. Hilda jumps to her feet and declares that she's taken the test of true love and heads into door number one's game show, telling Drell that he rocks her world. She mucks it up in excitement, gets thrown out and blows the candle out herself. Yeah. Oh, shucks. And that's the end of that. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's what's, it. What's weird about that scene, though, is there's no joke or laughter. It's just she blows the candle out. That's love over, and then it just moves on to the next scene. It's There's a bit not even weird. really any jokes in the game show bit. She just gets it wrong. She doesn't really know him that well. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. Very, very, very rushed scene. Yeah, it's the transition between them and then Serena coming in. It feels a bit weird, but yeah. um, it's like they had a bit of extra time, so they just sort just, of said, "Yeah, just add it in." Um, I finished reading the pamphlet. Serena says, "Great," responds Drell. And have you selected which frog you want to be? Yeah, I selected the flying tree frog, Sabrina says, very aware that it could all go tits up. Uh, Sabrina heads into the scary third door. And boys, it's a bit fucking scary, isn't it? It is. We've got, we've got fire, haven't we? We've got precarious uh, bridge. A jungle canyon rope bridge. Jungle canyon rope bridge. We've got CGI mountains. Uh, well, CGI fire. Yeah, CGI fire. It, it, look, it looks pretty good. It doesn't look real, but considering what you know about computer-generated imagery of the 90s, it did alright for a sitcom yeah, there, I think. it looks like what those graphics in like a 90s game show would have been. You know, like a kid's game show. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, the third test is all about faith, and as we said, uh, fuck me, it's dramatic. Harvey is on the other side of a burning, collapsing, rickety jungle canyon rope bridge, and Sabrina must get to him. After a bit of encouragement and love, she leaps into his arms and passes the test. Whew. There's signposts. There's one, was it, towards danger? Yes. And yeah. one towards... No, it was true love and, oh, true safe, love and safe. safe place. And um, Sabrina asks Harvey, does the safe path come round your way? And he says, no, it, uh, it, it ends in the suburbs. Yeah, <laughs> you, you hit a dead end in the suburbs, I yeah. think it is. Yeah. So yeah, if you, if, you, if you don't follow your heart, you end up, yeah, you end up in just a boring sort Suburban. of you know, yeah. kitchen, kitchen sink uh, existence so yeah, yeah. Cool. which I thought that, that that it's an amazingly clever joke that is still still holds true today yeah, if you it's... don't follow your heart you're going to end up in a in a dead end job living your life in suburbia what yeah. we're saying is nobody lives in the suburbs loves each other or enjoys <laughs> their life Sabrina thrilled that she is a true love can't wait to tell the world however Harvey is still a frog Zelda tells her that she must return to the scene of the first kiss and kiss him again to transform him back. Drell, meanwhile, is slumped on the couch, miserable because Hilda is busy eating cake with Zack in room two. What a minx. Against her wishes, Sabrina returns to Harvey's car and has to kiss his gross frog-like mouth. And hey presto, he's back to normal. And they kiss a few more times. And there's fireworks. Literal fireworks. There is. <laughs> Fireworks go off as they kiss because everything's 
gravy. And then we get quite a really sort of deep, meaningful scene from Zelda and Salem. Um, Zelda and Salem are watching from the window, and Salem asks her why she let her take the risk. I knew she'd pass, she says, because at 16, it's always true love. But now, she thinks it's extra special. That is sweet and disheartening. All at the it same is, time. It's acknowledging a something that is more or less true, really. Mm. That especially when you're sort of when you feel those feelings for the first time, you, they're, they're almost accentuated. Yeah, they're yeah. accentuated, and you you do love somebody, whether the, you know whether you've got any sort of future with them or not. Mm. You know whether whether they actually are genuinely somebody who is worthy of your true love. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's an acknowledgement of that, but also. Um, you know, sort of, it really just show how sort of how good natured Zelda is, mm. and just it just generally, I honestly like the the scenes of Sabrina and Harvey kissing, and they're proper like you know, also not like explicit sort of you know like kisses, but you know, they're, they're very sort of very romantic, very sort of old school cinematic kiss that they do in the end when the fireworks go off. Yeah. So the kiss and the fireworks, and Zelda like watching at the door, she in like just a like. Um, dressing gown or something. Yeah, stroking like, the cat. Yeah, holding Salem, just just watching them and saying that, like that whole thing was just so fucking lovely. Yeah, it yeah. really was because it's and again, like we've had this death. I mean, this episode it's been funny, but it's not been stupid. It's been quite very mature. Like I said, it's all about Sabrina realizing on her own um, how to live her life and if you know if she does love Harvey. And her aunts have been very good and stepped away from it. Yeah, she's got to work it out herself. And just that how. It's very realistic. It's very sweet. And as Chris says, yeah, it's a little bit gutting. But, you know, your first love doesn't necessarily have to be your true love. Mm-hmm. But be happy and enjoy it. That's the most genuinely moved I think I've been by the show so far. Yeah. It's very, very good. Very, very powerful. Anyway, back to the daft because the credits are rolling and Sabrina, or Sab, as Harvey calls her again, are talking about taking a ride home together because basketball practice has been cancelled. Harvey goes to class, but he's hopping like a frog whilst going there. <laughs> <laughs> and again, we're back to the typical yeah, Sabrina. Yeah, yeah. Like a bow-legged uh, walk yeah. as well. Yeah, and also we see a boom mic in shot as well. So we're back to reality straight away. Indeed. Aren't we? So there we go, boys. Episode 17, First Kiss. Did we love it? I did love it, yes. Very much so. Any more to add on that? Or well, just, 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 that, like it's... just to say that, um, I mean, obviously it's something that we've sort of been holding out for a long time, you know, sort of a real genuine sort of confirmation of, you know, Sabrina and Harvey as a, as a couple, you know, there'll be times where it almost seems like it's been forgotten, maybe we'd never get it resolved, so, you know, to sort of really sort of, to see it sort of handled so decisively and with such weight and importance and, most importantly, Phil, warmth. Yes, was you know was was very good. Um, again, sort of a genius concept in this episode. You know, like the way that they manage to sort of incorporate sort of like the magic realm and its sort of peculiar rules and things is always like one of the best things that, that the writers do in, in in Sabrina. So yeah, I really enjoyed sort of like the, the three tests and everything. I really enjoyed the two uh, the two cameos. Um, it's just all in all a very good episode and kind of what you hoped it would be when they finally yeah. did get together. I'm very pleased with how it was handled and also how it was acted. I think yeah. Melissa Joan Hart and Nate Richard do a very, very good job of, you know, even though they themselves aren't as uh, young as the characters they play, um, you know, sort of articulating that, you know, awkward teenage romance. Mm. Uh, Chris, it's something you've been waiting a while, definite relationship between these two characters. Was it worth the wait? All I'm going to say, Phil, is... Graham's put it 
quite eloquently. I'm just fucking happy yeah. that I got answers <laughs> to the questions that I had, including yeah. how the fuck does Sailor answer the telephone? That's all, I, that's all I'm going to say on yeah. that. It is, yeah, I mean... I, it was the answer to everything. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I just, just echoing exactly what you said, Graham, it was such a lovely, such a sweet way Again, the idea was a little, you know, silly because it's just oh, he just she kisses a boy and he turns into a frog. Oh God, hilarity! But it was so mature, so great for Sabrina to really, really grow as a character. And yeah, I think the payoff was brilliant. Uh, and one thing we've not mentioned too much about is you just mentioned it then about um, you know Melissa Joan Hart playing Sabrina is probably coming up to twenty-one maybe yeah, right. this time. You know, playing a sixteen-year-old girl. She plays a young girl so well, yeah. I think. she's Her mannerisms are so young, and you do really believe that this is a 16-year-old girl confused about her yeah. feelings. You know, it's a really... It's, I don't think we give her enough credit as much, I think, no, I heart so. in this. We've praised Nate Richard before, just because he was so new to the game and doing so well. But, I mean, even though she was more experienced by far, she still deserves a lot of, a lot of praise for sort of her... I mean, she sort of had experience of it before in Clarissa and things, but yeah, she really does sort of communicate that sort of youthful sort of um, kind of, well, innocence, but also sort of insecurity yeah. uh, very well. But yeah, huge credit to Melissa Joan Hart for this. I think this was my first episode where I really was like, yeah, this, um, I really like Sabrina now. Yeah. Not not the show, obviously, I love the show, but in terms of the character, yeah. we've had a doubt about it the past couple of episodes anyway. Um, so at this point, each week, Christopher is the one in charge of uh, setting the bar of how to grade this episode. And I'm looking forward to this one because this is... I say it's answered a few questions, Chris, that have been really grinding your gears um, since we started this show. So, Chris, what would you review it? At the end of the day, because it answered questions, it goes up in the estimation, obviously. But other than that, I wasn't I wasn't too taken aback by it. It was it was a lovely, warm episode, but in terms of the the whole feel of Sabrina the Teenage Witch and the 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 almost like tickle yeah. tickleness about it, it wasn't all there. But with, with uh, the added aspects of Drell, finding out how Salem answers the telephone and uses the laptop, and finally seeing that uh, first kiss between Harvey and Sabrina, I, I'm going to have to go with uh, seven girly Drell hair flicks out of L'Oreal. Graeme, agree or disagree? Um, yeah, I would I would go with the seven too. I think, um, as I say, like, the sort of the emotional aspect of this episode, um, the... Um, the acting and things was handled very well. Um, it's always nice to see Pendulette. It's always nice to see things set in the other realm. But at the same time, sort of the um, how sort of multifaceted the previous episode was. Because you are always inevitably comparing things to the previous episode. I think that sort of bumped it up to the extra point five. Whereas that lacked very sort of straight and narrow this episode in a way. You know, I love I love the things that they did to further the um, the story. But um, yeah, I think seven is, is about right. Yeah, I. Disagree. Okay. I'm going to give it a bit higher. I'm going to give it 8.5. Hair flicks by Drell out of L'Oreal because again, just look like the I thought the the magic effects were fantastic. I, I was really invested in um, Sabrina and Harvey's relationship in this episode. Uh, there was loads of funny gags I thought which were brilliant and really subtle jokes scattered around. And I, I just think it was fantastic. I think it was just 
all round just a fabulous episode. So I, yeah, I think it's one of my favourite episodes to date, I think, so far. So that brings us to the end of episode 17, and it's definitely a good one to see. Those who have been a little bit sceptical about um, will they, won't they, well, they definitely do, and it was absolutely worth it. So do check out First Kiss. Episode 18 is entitled Sweet Charity. Chris first, what do you think Sweet Charity is all about? That literally gives nothing away. Um, how about what happens is the school has got some form of bake sale and the cherry pie that Sabrina bakes, she accidentally puts in a magical ingredient that makes the entire school uh, laugh uncontrollably and hilarity issues. It's very specific and could be a good episode. It has to be something to do with charity and sweets, so probably couldn't really deviate too much from that. Um, yeah, I guessing if somebody, somebody puts on some sort of charity uh, fundraiser, it could be a bake sale or it could be uh, something else. Um, Sabrina tries to help help it you know, sort of be better, help it be a success, but in the process um, cast some sort of spell that sort of leads to it descending into chaos. Yeah, yeah. yeah it, it, you, you're both kind of. I mean, no, it, it's definitely about charity anyway, but uh, yeah, Sweet Charity is in a bid to raise the profile of Jenny's adopt-a-grandparent scheme. Um, Excuse me? What? <laughs> yes, adopt-a-grandparent scheme. Um, Sabrina disguises herself as Libby to get her involved, but Libby ends up uh, stealing Sabrina's favourite grandmother. Something like that. It's an incredibly difficult episode to summarise. Sabrina's I've probably done it wrong. favourite grandmother. <laughs> right. Adopt a grandparent. Yeah. Okay. So, okay. So that's an episode. Uh, adopt a gecko. What are we just adopting random things now? Yeah. Oh, I, 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 so. I, I, adopt a wheel. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so that is uh, for next week, episode 18, Sweet Charity. Thank you so much for listening to this one. All the way through, I believe I've been Phil Dean to my left. For the most of it, anyway, has been Graham Riley. Yeah, it was, it, was, it was a brief period where I became Marie Antoinette, but um, <laughs> I kept my mouth shut during that time. So yeah, it's been be good to be here. And go for on. the right, for for some of it as well, has been Chris Evans. Let's go out. Let's let let's adopt a radiator. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a bleeding good time. Sabrina the Teenage Watch is available in many different formats, so whether you're listening to us on SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, or iTunes, please leave us a comment or a review. Your support means we get more listeners, and it means our hard work is not going to waste. And we can look at ourselves in the mirror. If you want to contact us or keep up to date with our episodes, you can follow us on Twitter, at Sabrina Watch. And you can find us on Facebook, just search for Sabrina the Teenage Watch, and there we shall be. And thank you to you for listening wherever you are. And remember, may every little thing you do be, be magic. magic.